Greetings, soul seekers. Gratitude for you joining me on the trail to Summit to Soul Mountain. Thank you. My name is Ryan Witherspoon. This podcast is my story and my journey upward and onward through life to reach the summit of my soul. This is a place where I connect and converse with fellow humans on their own journey, seeking soul potential, talking about adventures and life lessons, health and wellness, spiritual pursuits, movement and breath, and we dive into philosophies to be better than the day before. Life is growth, my friends. Keep going. Hello, hello. Welcome to the trail of Summit to Soul Mountain, a journey of life where I dive into all things in search of soul potential. My name is Ryan Witherspoon. Today on the trail, I am joined by my fellow Enlifted Level 1 brother, Will Schlechter. Will is a badass in many ways, such as being a lifeguard, personal trainer, and entrepreneur. He is on a journey through adventure by ways of jujitsu. He has a passion for surfing and riding the ways of ocean and life, as well as endurance athlete training. I'm super excited to journey on the trail, the summit to Soul Mountain with my brother, and excited to hear his story and lessons. Welcome to the trail, Will. Thanks, Ryan. I'm excited to uh, jump on the trail with you. Appreciate uh, you being here, man. Yeah, on this journey. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for the opportunity to talk to you about life and uh, and all that. Looking forward mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, everyone uh, has their own story and their own journey. And climbing, climbing mountains is my passion. And it's just a huge metaphor for all of life. You know, there's ups and downs and ins and outs and struggles and fun moments. And, and uh, so I'm very curious to to hear what you've learned as um, as life has unfolded for you. Absolutely. I, I like the metaphor a lot. I really appreciate it. Uh, just thinking on it a bit. Um, it's not something I've done before climbing mountains, but uh, you know, suppose some things that are similar and uh, can relate to the process of uh, challenge and beauty and how they can be juxtaposed and how one can lead to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, now taking it all in is the uh you know the real the essence of it the entire journey Mm -hmm. exactly you know there's there's always even and that's that's the thing even if you haven't you know physically climbed a mountain it's always just like it's an easy thing to translate to when when looking at at life there's there's always you know hills and ups and and it's always it's always fascinating to to hear everybody's perspective around it. Um, so, with that being said, I'm curious about your um, biggest mental and uh, you know metaphorical mountain that you you are either climbing right now or have conquered in in the past, and and what you did to to defeat that mountain. Yeah, that's a, a great question, and it's. Uh a mountain that I'm climbing today, climbing with as much intent and focus, uh, with more intent and focus than ever before, uh, thanks in large part to the work that we're all doing together and in lifted um, and pushing harder in, in different areas of my life. And, and that's really to, at the risk, it's to, to get to, to understand myself better uh, and really listen to what I want 
and trust my intuition. Mm -hmm. um, there have been so many times in life where what I'm feeling and therefore thinking and then deciding to do comes down to perceptions I have about others and the way I'm perceived or the way I'm meant to fit in or belong uh, in a group or anywhere in life, any aspect of it. And it's been a, a journey of discovering something about myself. Mm -hmm. I would say over the last decade or so, discovering something about myself, challenging myself to get to another level. Um, and this might be just right on the, on the mountain climbing thing. I'm sure there are places where you get to a beautiful view perhaps. And then you realize, you know, you look ahead a little bit and you're like, Oh, the hard stuff's actually right ahead. I got here. It's beautiful. It's great, but there's hard work ahead. Um, and that can, you know, the way that's played out for me is, uh, like, like I said, making progress, achieving goals, achieving something, whether it's a business goal or a, a personal goal, a physical goal, and then still carrying or realizing or running into a bit of a, an emptiness and a misguidedness and a, a sensation that I'm not living a hundred percent. You know, there's something I'm, I'm leaving on the table. And the first times those thoughts came up, I didn't see them through the lens of how much of that may have, or how much of that has to do, uh, getting that soft talk out of there. Mm -hmm. Um, how much that has to do with, uh, the filter I'm putting on things, uh, my, and my perception, uh, like I said, of, of, uh, not what other people actually think of me or, uh, what, how the world actually sees me, but how I'm perceiving that, how I'm interpreting it. Um, so mm -hmm. definitely that's the big mountain still climbing it. I've gotten to some of those beautiful, beautiful views lately. And, uh, as we get closer to what, you know, might feel like a summit or just in the next more beautiful view, I, I learned to, um, I'm learning to embrace, uh, those challenging parts and those dark, dark spots, the bad weather, uh, the, the rough terrain, um, learning to embrace that and, and savor it and use it as an opportunity to do just that, uh, which is the mountain to, to get to know myself better and to trust my gut, uh, follow my intuition, uh, see where that leads me and, and try my hardest along the way. Love that. Yeah. That's like the, that's the never ending mountain, you know, searching, searching for, you know, the, the higher meaning and, and mastering and, and learning more about ourselves is something that's like, as you get higher up and you keep climbing and you get to those viewpoints and stuff seems like you can, you can see a, a little further ahead. And yeah, like you said, you know, it's, it might be the, the real challenge might be more ahead of you. And that's something to look forward to, you know, it's like, how can, how can you, how can you embrace that and, and then learn from it all? Um, and it's really, really interesting to, to acknowledge that like those, those perceptions are something that are both 
you know, something that you think about and something that's like helping you to strive towards being better. You know, they can, they can be both, both sides of the coin. Um, so what are, what are some things that, that are really, really help you to, to be there? I mean, we're, we're in, 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 we are in, in lifted right now. That's a, a little bit of a tongue twister right there. Um, and, uh, doing the story work and learning so much about ourselves. Um, what has the, uh, what are the biggest takeaways from Inlifted right now for you? And there are, there are many, um, The fact that I have tools now to separate myself from what I'm feeling at any given moment, um, it has been, has been radical for me. Uh, and just the other morning, uh, you know, I four-stepped a story I was telling myself about how the day was going to go, how I expected the day to go and dreading some work. I was coming off a great weekend with uh, the Enlifted community down in Austin and some travel and just that little bit of like a letdown after something really exciting and fun happens. And then you get home and you're back into the, you know, Monday through Friday, mundane uh, nature of things. And so I'm going through typical morning routine kind of thing and mapping out my day a little bit. And I'm just dreading things that aren't difficult to do, but that I need to sit down and spend time in front of the computer, very much the opposite of being in a room full of people sharing stories and breath work and high energy all the time, just the, you know, the best parts of life all in all in one room, um, in one experience, and pausing and, and writing down how I felt about that. Um, that's given me and that's a, a, a minor example of how that story work has helped me like you're asking about um, how it's helped me along this journey of life of getting to know myself better and trust myself better, but it wears away at the narrative uh, that I, that I construct out of my perceptions and past experiences, whether they're good or bad and positive or negative influence and, and get down to really the root cause of what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling. And it went from, I take something from, I don't want to do this today to understanding why I don't, you know, why I don't, why I feel that way that morning, why I feel like not doing it. Um, and to understanding its place and importance and having a direct plan of action to, to take it on mm -hmm. when it comes to more significant emotional uh, experiences that I've gotten to work with, with the tools of the lifted method. Uh, it's the same thing, but on a grander scale, I can write down, uh, no one thinks you should be here. No, you know, no one wants to hear what you have to say. And, and I have the ability to, uh, to give myself, like we say, that space and clarity mm -hmm. and quiet, if not silence altogether, uh, the voice that represents that habit and that pattern of projecting, uh, just that, that, uh, filter that I have over things and getting down to it and, and understanding what I really want and what feeds me and keeps me going. Um, and just every time I use that tool, it gets a little sharper and I can feel that and 
just wonderful momentum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear hear your perspective from from all the takeaways because as we all go through it, you know, we all have different intentions with this course and um and we're all ultimately we're all there for very similar reasons i think in our group you know we're all personally involved in this as well as wanting to step more into you know a different different way of being of service and to to have more tools like you said and um yeah to to find that space and clarity and in the way that you're actually taking these these things and and putting them putting them to work is uh it's really powerful and i'm and i'm happy that it's it's going well for you to to be able to to take that space and and to breathe with it and and to do that um with endurance racing um that's something that i was you know i was saying has been new to me and um I found it very beneficial to help me work through a lot of emotional stuff and stories that I was, I was working through and just ways of training and, and finding commitment and, um, and pushing myself to, to higher levels. Um, what, what kind of endurance, like what, what endurance races do, do, do you partake in? Um, I have done, uh, some racing on stand-up paddle boards. Uh, one in particular uh, major endurance event was a, an 80 mile race um, from the Bahamas to Florida. Holy shit. Um, yeah, that was, uh, so it took me, uh, it was my second attempt where I succeeded. I made my first attempt in 2019, um, got seasick and had no way of finishing the race about a third of the way through. And then 2020, there was no race. It's an international event. So with COVID, there was no race going to happen. And then I got ready for it, it last year. Um, that is the largest uh, endurance event that I've done to date. I've done a lot of running in the mid to long distance, um, half marathons through uh, 25 Ks. I'm getting ready for a trail marathon and, and 50 K this fall and winter. Um, and I've done just some, some other random endurance events uh, I climbed stairs last year for stairs for 24 hours last year on 9-11 with a really good group of guys um, and I've done now through lifeguarding some longer some longer like a seven mile boat race um, but in the ultra endurance area that paddleboard race and stuff I'm training for now and, and climbing stairs are the the, uh, the events so far that I've uh, succeed, succeeded at so what was it like to be like in that open ocean on a paddleboard? That's got to be an experience. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it starts, it's a roughly 14 hour race, depending on the conditions. And we start at midnight so we can finish, you know, before dark uh, the next day or later that day. Um, so the first phase of being on the ocean is in total darkness. You're wearing a glow stick around your neck. Uh, and you're, you're always near your support boat. Uh, so there's, you know, a fishing boat within, uh, you know, a shouting distance throughout the race and they have any hydration and food that you need and they take care of your navigation. Um, but in the night you just see a little light glowing from them and you have your little, uh, glow stick on your chest and it's just quiet, dark as can be, uh, other than the, those little sources of light. Mm -hmm. And that is a bit spooky, uh, at first 
especially you're leaving Bahamas and for I think a mile or two, you have relatively shallow water up on the Bahama mm-hmm. bank there. And then all of a sudden it goes to a thousand feet, 2000, I think almost as deep as 3000 feet of the water underneath you as you get into the Gulf stream there. Um, and it's stuff you're painfully aware of. You're out there by yourself and nothing but your, your thoughts and all that time. So, um, spooky aspect of it at night, but that settled in for me after an hour or two, both years, uh, getting through that and just like ultimate tranquility time just slips by, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in the early part of the day there, you're not super tired yet. So, you have a schedule with your support boat, you're going to pull up and rest. Um, And in those first few hours, it was more like my support boat saying, Hey, you know, your hours up, come in, grab some stuff and, and uh, take a little break. Uh, Just like getting lost. It's uh, if you do a lot of stargazing, I'm sure you do climbing mountains and you just are laying there on the ground, looking up at the sky long enough. It's like sensory deprivation to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. you know, other things just fall away and you're really, uh, meditation and breath work can lead you to some similar places it's like you go from being this physical being you know paddling's physical yes but it's also so repetitive that it's meditative Um, Mm -hmm. and you go from like this physical being experiencing and perceiving all these things around you to just quiet like rhythmic the same sound over and over again and not much else going on so very peaceful and then the sun rises on you and that's like super cool that's where you know the sunrise is on your back so it's painting the water in front of you as Mm. you're paddling it you know all different kinds of colors and uh just a really if if one has not experienced a sunrise on open water you know outside of the sight of land it's uh almost otherworldly um just how all that works out color of it all and the experience of it all um and just carries on through the day of being a bit that meditative experience and then the grind set in at a certain point uh, and I got, I got much less, I had an effort into the meditation uh, more than it was finding me uh, after a certain point when you start to, you do start to feel the body again a lot more. Mm-hmm. So. What kind of training do you do for, for the paddle boarding? Cause like when I'm, when I'm training for like the running, obviously there's, you know, a lot of running involved and other workouts and, and other stuff to, to train for it but and that's yeah I'm, I'm curious like what kind of training you do for for the paddle boarding yeah it it's similar to any kind of running training that you would do in the sense of progressing volume or distance however you you measure it and i started measuring both ways um what we say in the the race is called the crossing um, what we say in the crossing community is time on board trumps everything so um I do a speed workout in the beginning part of the week, some sprints on the board, just making sure I'm building power and have a bigger tank to work from. Um, And I'll do during the week, I'll do some shorter just because of the way it fits into the schedule. Uh, Then my goal this past last year, when I, when I uh, finished the race, I had a, what I think was a better training approach. The first year I tried to do one really long paddle every weekend. So on Saturday or Sunday, I would go out and do 10 miles back in March and then, you know, build that up to 15, 20 miles through the spring and eventually doing 20 to 25 miles at a time, uh, unsupported, usually around an Island so that I was always, you know, close to land. Um, and that was a big project because it was long. That's like a, you know, six, eight hour day on the board. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of packing to prepare to be self-supported for that. 
Uh, so the approach I took this past year was a, like a density block, which I've read about some ultra marathoners will do. Um, as you know, like marathoning and ultra marathoning, those kind of races, you don't run even 70 or 80% of that distance before the race, you build up to it mm -hmm. over time and, and kind of adding to that. So I just would paddle Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, all varying distances, um, and then tracking that over the weeks and months. So that in that, you know, 50 ish hour period of time, I'm going from 20 total miles to 25 to 30 to 40 total miles. And I'm also callousing. It's like Goggin says, callous the mind, just like, you know, the, the body when you train, mm -hmm. um, being 10 miles into a loop and finishing the 10 miles, that's hard too, but you're already out there and you're already going. And so there's like a relative ease to that, like next 10 miles, you don't really have any other options, but to keep going. Right. But when you're waking up Sunday morning and you're 35 miles into the weekend and you know, like you have to get up and hit five, at least that's like a, it was a big psychological hurdle for me each time on the, the end of those blocks to be like, my legs are tired. My back is stiff. My arms are tired. I've already put in this many miles. Maybe that's enough. No, go get out there. Mm -hmm. um, and during the race, that same hurdle showed up in the form of paddling for a while, taking a break. Like, how long do I want this break to be? Well, how long do I want this race to take? Because every minute on this break is another minute on this race. So if mm -hmm. I can sit here for five minutes and get back up on my board and get moving, I can finish, you know, I can finish stronger, finish sooner. Uh, so I, long story short, not, not too short. Um, I think it's the combination of building that mental callus of we go no matter what, we just keep going, we keep going. Uh, and then also accumulating a reasonable amount of physical volume that prepares the body enough mm -hmm. uh, just to withstand that day. Ahoy, soul seekers. Did you know that we were extremely close to having ahoy as our telephone greeting rather than hello? Yeah, ahoy kicks ass. I appreciate this opportunity and you listening in today. I want to extend an invite to you to join my free weekly online soul flow yoga class every saturday at 10 a.m eastern we drop into the mind body with some breathing practices and flow into a 60 minute yoga class as a creative vinyasa practice head over to summitosoulmountain.com or follow the link in the show notes to sign up through my bi-weekly newsletter that will send you the zoom room link and keep you up to date on more some of the soul mountain happenings similar similar to, to how i would train train for running and stuff and just it's just like mind-blowing to me to think about being on a paddleboard for for that long and and to, to find miles like that and uh to be out in the water and um and yeah and i, I liked how you you know that that mental capacity to to find like that point of like, is this enough? Have, you know, I've, I put in this much effort and then finding it in the training and then translating it into like your race day. It's like, you know, one more minute is, is really that. And that translates into life. Like how much, like doing something now that I know I need to do, but I don't want to do. And, and you're just better for it, you know, afterwards um getting getting through, getting through the tough parts and yeah adding it up and like man 
Um, yeah. And on the, on the mental training side of that, one thing I did last year that helped me, uh, throughout was a, a big visualization practice. So, um, I remembered from in 2019 when I had to drop out, the boat takes you back to shore and you sit there and people come in and, you know, finish their race Mm -hmm. and you're on the beach. Uh, It's a great time, big party kind of atmosphere. And I remember the way that looked and smelled and sounded and the people have these bells and they're ringing them as paddlers are coming in and there's music, the people cheering, sound of waves and uh, before the paddles. And then also just doing a little meditation, breath work in the mornings. I would close my eyes and visualize like the last hundred yards of paddling to shore um, and hearing all those sounds and like feeling that energy. Um, and it got, as I practiced it more, it got more and more vivid and I could pull in training. I would pull on it too. I would kind of match it up with the end of my workouts and get there. And it was something that carried me through the last half or third of the race. I was really falling apart. We had like horrific conditions, like huge swell and big wind and all this stuff. And we were just getting, knocked off our boards left and right, which is a, a very frustrating set of conditions. Um, and I had to pull from something bigger than just physical capacity to get through the end there. And that visualization, which tied into the, uh, the meaning of the race to me, um, which we can get into a little bit uh, mm-hmm. probably later on. It's, um, it's just like anything else you're going to approach in life in that sense. And being on this journey, like I was describing before, of getting to know myself better. Uh, there are the mundane aspects of it. And for an endurance event, that really is the physical part. There's nothing too complex about your running stride or your paddle stroke, especially when you're talking about doing them out tens of thousands of times in one session. Mm-hmm. No one of them is going to make the difference, but every single one of them matters. You're not going to get there without any one of them. Um, I, I should say no one is different than the other. They're just the tasks you have to do to get there. The, the thing that I get out of endurance training, uh, is that callousing the mind or building the habit of overcoming the small things to build to something bigger mm-hmm. and in other aspects of life, realizing that how that carries over to like, uh, do it like you just said, doing the things you might not want to do or doing the things that aren't that interesting or exciting to you, but knowing that they're a part of uh, the process that gets you to the finish line that you are excited about um, and just showing up and, uh, you know, embracing the exciting aspects as much as you embrace the, the mundane aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that. So what is your purpose? Why, why, why do these races? Oh, so... Um, so in general, endurance, all the reasons I just gave, um, and we were talking a little bit before uh, we started recording, uh, this race in particular uh, is the crossing for cystic fibrosis. Um, and cystic fibrosis is a genetic lung disease um, mm. that I currently have. I'm thinking of our unlifted. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's a bit of, that's one, we, we might have some fun with that one. Um, it's a genetic lung disease that I have that, uh, that this race raises money for programs related to uh, programs that make dreams come true for people with CF who are at a tough spot uh, in their fight with it. It could be terminal or, or just uh, real heavy um, mm-hmm. battles that people are going through. So I'm out on that paddleboard. I'm doing this race. Uh, it was having cystic fibrosis and hearing about the race through that community that got me into taking paddling into an endurance event uh, in my life. And 
And real fast, can you can you explain what cystic fibrosis is? Totally. It's uh, so like I said, genetic lung disease. You have um, you get your you're born with it. There's no other way to get it. Um, <clears throat> it causes a, a production of really sticky mucus. Uh, anywhere you have mucous membranes, but uh, the most uh, critical place where it does that is in your airways and your lungs. It, off, it also causes, for most people, uh, pancreatic dysfunction, which causes problems with proper nutrition, um, absorption of nutrients, and uh, healthy weight gain and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but the airways uh, have this thick mucus in them. You're more prone to bad lung infections, be they you know viral, bacterial, anything like that. And it's the, uh, the progression of that disease in the airways um, and what it does to compromise the immune system uh, that makes it such a, a tough and often final battle for so many, both young age and, and older. Uh, fortunately, people are you know, living longer and thriving more and more with it than ever before. Mm. Um, so yeah, just a chronic progressive lung disease can also affect the pancreas. Mm. is the uh basics of cf there so interesting the race was founded by a guy whose daughter uh great guy and great young lady uh she has cystic fibrosis he loved to paddle board and go to the bahamas and lives in florida and he said i paddle home one day and raise some money for this cause that's important to me and that's now expanded into a international uh endurance event people come from all over to to race this uh and so Having that, like I said, I did the visualization and that was a huge exercise for the mental aspect of that race mm-hmm. um, and integrated with that visualization and meditation and preparation for it was getting in touch with uh, why it was important for me to finish that race. And the big reason for me is to, to prove to, to discover for myself, I think, is a, a language change I would I would make these days that I you know I might use to say prove to myself um, to discover for myself what I'm capable of with cystic fibrosis and to demonstrate that to um, anybody else who's out there fighting cystic fibrosis fighting uh, any other chronic illness or um, you know I, like Joe Rogan always says the worst stuff in your life is the worst stuff in your life you know it's like everybody's got something that they're facing every day and they have Mm -hmm. to show up for to to overcome. Um, But for me, that's always been in large part cystic fibrosis and knowing people in the community. My sister, Julia, has it as well. Um, Feeling uh, like I haven't had an opportunity to demonstrate that uh, how much we're capable of um, and to, uh, to make a positive impact in the community on that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a the purpose that I was referencing earlier of being out there and uh, continuing to paddle when paddling just for myself might not have happened after mile 50 or so, um, mm-hmm. you know, just for the medal, just for the Instagram picture and that kind of stuff that, uh, you know, everyone gets caught up in events and races and stuff. And it's important that accomplishment, um, but it was the, the higher purpose and the clarity I had from honing in on that ahead of time, uh, that carried me through the end of that race. Mm. That's a, that's a powerful, powerful mission and a powerful purpose. And when you have, 
you know, a, a drive like that and something that is bigger than you, you know, it can, it goes a long way and it, um, yeah, it's very interesting to, um, to hear about all that. So I think, you know, I, I realize like, yeah, what, what, what is going on in your life is, is what's going on in your life. That's a, a great, a great reference to, to have. Um, very interesting. Um, so what, uh, what are like the main, the main lessons? I know you, you've kind of shared a lot for it, but like, if you could sum it up to, to two or three lessons for anybody that is struggling with, whether it's, you know, a chronic illness or, you know, just mental, um, mental struggles. What's the one, one piece of advice that you could, you could offer that you've learned from, from these endurance races? Showing up is the thing that when I look back has worked for me. Um, I heard this, uh, expression to, uh, improve your surface area to luck, you know, by showing up every day, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. You know, luck could be fortune or success or any word you want to plug in there. Um, you know, nothing great happens all at once, but showing up and savoring every part of the process. Mm -hmm gives you that grounds for discovery and that platform for the next level. And you're going to show up and you're going to have great days and you're going to show up and you're going to have bad days. Um, but there's, there's no bad day that's worse than the day where you don't show up or to get the negations out of there, out of there every day that you show up, will be better than the days where you, where you do not you know, or, uh, mm -hmm. those opportunities are going to turn up that way. And sometimes the opportunities are going to be hidden in something that doesn't feel good or seem right, right off the bat and showing up for that, you know, continuing to training through some fatigue. If we're talking about endurance or, um, getting out of your comfort zone with sales, if in marketing, if you're in business, uh, showing up and, doing the next thing that you know you have to do mm -hmm. like i said just increases that surface area to luck it, it's where the things happen um why uh yeah just show up yeah that's a powerful one you know the the more you show up the better chance you have at, at just honing in on it and mastering it you know and and when you show up at least you you know you know what is what is there you know if, if you if showing up is something that you, you that you don't do then you are taken you know taken out of the the potential of that outcome and and you you just don't know you know, so if it's like, that's, that's one of the, like, 
for me with with my first endurance race i i didn't i didn't finish it and i was like but i gave it all i got and i you know and i was like that was you know that learning that lesson of failure was like holy shit you can fail and still like just still succeed as well you know there's um and you can always try again you know you know what you put in you know what you can learn from it and know what you can do do better the next time um so i want to i want to kind of transition into um jujitsu and because that's something that's very interesting to me it's i've was grown up um with a a dad who who loved fighting and loved karate and was like into that kind of lifestyle and uh started me at a young age and i i haven't trained in that sort of format in a very long time but it's always a, a discipline that's stuck with me through my whole life um so i'm curious about like what you have learned from jujitsu and um something that that you take away from it and bring into your daily life yeah it's uh no, on the in the opposite situation from you, I guess, in the sense that I something I got into later in life. Uh, I was 20, 21 when I started jujitsu. Um, and it pulled me in uh, in a powerful way. Just I couldn't stop going to class as a white belt. I loved it. And when you're a white belt in jujitsu, all you do is get tapped out when it comes to the live training. And so um liking it is about more than immediate gratification because there's not a lot of that in the beginning mm -hmm. in jujitsu uh but the physical outlet of it uh and something that's very like something that is at once physical and and complex uh intellectually were the things that uh pulled me in at first and then I got into competition pretty soon after and this all the, the lesson I take from jujitsu with me today, that's the most powerful, um, is to enjoy the process mm. and to focus on the process more than the outcome. Um, by about two years into jujitsu, I was competing twice a month, sometimes more, sometimes weekly, sometimes a Saturday and a Sunday, I was signing up for anything, driving, mm -hmm you know, within a few hours, anywhere I could to get in a tournament or uh, any kind of match. And at first I loved jujitsu so much. And I loved competing because it was this like totally let it go free way to compete, like free way to test your jujitsu and uh, you know, no holding back and really put yourself all out there. Um, but competition became like a habit and the focus of my jujitsu there after a few years. And it took me a step, taking a step back from competition, uh, which happened over, you know, the COVID time when most of that stuff was shut down, um, to realize that I had started, I had attached myself to competition outcomes mm -hmm. in a significant way. And it was, I was still showing up in training and I was training really hard. I was training about as hard as I could be as frequently as I, as I could be most of the time. Um, but I didn't have that joy and excitement that I did when I started jujitsu. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I, it took me to step back to really recognize it, uh, getting back into jujitsu after a little break after COVID and 
not having anything on the calendar and feeling like with a few months break, I just want to like focus on it. Jiu-jitsu, all of a sudden the fun was back and I was like having a blast and I was learning more than I had been in the prior few years. I had like pigeonholed myself into my competition game and my competition training partners and the practices that I always do. Um, and aspects of that are important if you want to be successful in competition, but I don't think they're important at the expense of losing like this pure unadulterated, like childlike joy that got me into it in the first place, uh, which I have with me today. And when I deconstruct that and some of the story work I've done on my own, um, out of the enlisted uh, class, uh, and something I, I wrote today, what does competition mean to me on a piece of paper after, uh, my morning run and started writing about that because what I was realizing is it meant a lot of different things to me and I've been weighing whether I want to get back into it soon. Um, and yeah, that, that idea of, uh, focusing on and savoring the process and realizing that that is everything all, you know, all wrapped up into it mm -hmm. as opposed to like isolated individual outcomes. Um, that's the biggest lesson for me uh, that is bleeding into other areas of my life right now in a, in a really positive way, uh, via business or relationships or anything like that, mm -hmm. where, uh, um, and it, it ties back into to showing up, like I was saying earlier, um, showing up to, to do just that, to, to enjoy the process. Uh, it has me learning faster. It has me enjoying myself more. Um, and that goes for jujitsu and just about everything else. Yeah. When you're, when you're having fun and like, you're much more in passion with whatever you're doing, it's, it's just, you learn a lot more and, um, and you're open to learning a lot more. Um, very interesting. So one, one question that I always love to, to finish my, my podcast with is, um, is soul. I'm, I'm very curious what your interpretation of soul means to you. Oh, it's funny. I was raised, uh, Catholic. And so usually when a spiritual term comes up, like there's so much education that's like deeply ingrained mm -hmm. that I, uh, that colors a bit of, of what I think. Um, I think the soul is the, the part of us that comes alive or that we, the fire in us that comes alive when, when we're sharing the things we care about and get excited about with other people. Um, I love that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one that I like, it's got my mind racing a, a bit uh, to give you a, an answer on how I feel like. And that's the thing too, like soul, soul can be such like a, a heavy loaded word, you know, like God or something where it's like, yeah. like you said, so many, you know, so many past learnings and, and teachings and stuff and the way you've been brought up and from the people, it's like, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it comes off as, as like a simple question, but when you think about it, it's like, there's a, you know, a lot to, to think about. It's like, what does this really, you know, bring up in me? But I, I love, I love the way that you, you know, 
explain that you know the fire that is uh you know when you share and and the things that you love and that's all very that's a very interesting perspective on it yeah i think that is going to be something i think about uh for a while now just uh based on my initial reaction but that that's really how i you know how i feel is it just the parts of you that come alive mm-hmm. um or maybe you're in tune with your soul when you have that feeling of like vibrance and uh you know it's like life's no longer a zero sum game it's like you're just mm-hmm. building with other people or the work you do by yourself too and it mm-hmm. it grows and it builds and uh nothing is subtracted it just uh you know flows out of you and overflows and um when you receive that energy or that experience from other people you know it's the same way you're not you're sharing your energy with them you're sharing your soul with them they're sharing there's with you and both of you neither of you are losing anything both of you are growing um from that experience love that yeah man i'm i'm definitely going to have to to check in with you as you contemplate that question more yeah next, i'm sure next, i'll be writing about next, it next later tonight or this I'm, morning i'm going to ask you about it <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah absolutely we'll have plenty of time to talk oh yeah well well i've i've been loving to hear your story and and it's been so curious and uh all the you know lessons and perspectives that you've gained from your endurance training and your endurance races and uh your journey through cystic fibrosis and the way that you know that's such a big big important part of your life and uh you know bringing awareness to that and uh thank you so much for for joining me on this trail yeah thanks ryan it's been a great experience to share with you and uh always appreciate a great conversation like this and got me thinking in the right direction so thanks a lot really appreciate it likewise thank you everybody for joining me on the trail it was a pleasure to have this conversation with will and if you enjoyed it please please share this episode with somebody who you thought of during the conversation leave a rating and comment let me know what you thought i'm curious and um yeah keep keep being who you are keep setting goals and working towards them one step at a time and if you are present with your breath then you're going to be present with the experience and situation that you find yourself in so again a reminder take a deep inhale let it all go have a good one peace